bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody. Welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. <laughs> and this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics, like we're talking about reality TV. And the reality show we are currently obsessed with <laughs> is American Idol season 12, yes. starring Kwan's Mariah Carey and Nicki Minaj. <laughs> and if any one of the 14 fucking people listening know where we can get our hands on the whole season in its entirety... We will do literally anything to make this happen. We will pay you money. Yeah. We will fly you out for Hollywood Week. We will Hollywood Week. <laughs> we will this do anything. This is what makes dreams come true. You are the reason this show exists. We are obsessed, and obviously, this particular season, season twelve. I mean, I don't know where we what we were doing because it is fucking amazing, and it is not available anywhere there's only clips on youtube it isn't fucking fair we need to see Nicki minaj and mariah carries every nuanced second okay Nicki minaj is we have charged our way through every <laughs> clip and and yes. note on youtube yes. there's nothing left for us no uh the Nicki minaj um the king of the Nicki minaj stands Johnny yes, McGovern. Yes. I mean, he invented Nicki yes, Minaj. Like yes. she wouldn't even be uh, be have the platform she has now right. were it not for Johnny McGovern going in for her mm -hmm. from the get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Immediately, we jumped on the horn with, with Yanni, and we were like, "Where the fuck is season twelve? Where's season twelve? We need it." And he's like, "Girl, <laughs> you're you're yeah, that that's the dumb been done." He's like, "It's too bad they got rid of that thing. Yeah. They don't want any record of it." And but we don't know why because it's hilarious, and we actually think Mariah Carey and both Mariah Carey and Nicki Minaj come off great. They come, they do. So what if I mean they fought or whatever? But uh, I, they're I, both hilarious. They're hilarious. Johnny <sighs> said for us to go onto Reddit and mm. that the the huge. Fan communities on there, the psychotic fan communities, mm -hmm. the subreddits, mm -hmm. Mariah Carey and Nicki Minaj separately go ask them. They've probably got the shit on DVD. Yeah. Um, and that's what we need. If anybody knows, this is the deal. We don't have Reddit accounts. We read Reddit incognite. Yes. So uh -huh. we can't post if you don't have a Reddit account. We don't have one. Mm. So someone else can take up this banner. But we we're right. so desperate for this season. <laughs> That we're now, unfucking fortunately, watching the most current season. And I never thought those words would come out of my mouth. That I didn't we're watching either. I honestly didn't. The ABC American Idol with Luke Bryant, Katy Perry, and Lionel Richie. Yes, we are. We are. I never thought we'd be sitting next to each other 
With tears in her eyes. <laughs> Crying. With tears in her eyes. I mean, it's With good. With tears in her eyes. It's, it's, I'm it's, sorry. It's, it's, good. it's, uh, <laughs> it's touching. It's moving. Um, some of the performances are quite amazing. Um, and um, the now, thing- of course, you know, you know, I mean, you know, look, Katy Perry is insufferable. Wow. In suff. Until the queso song in suff. Fuck the calories. And after. Fuck the calories. It's the cheese. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry. Like, that's where you go. Oh, God. All right. But you know what I mean? Like, she's right. She has her moments. The thing about this iteration of American Idol for if, I mean, and listen, we, we had jumped ship long ago, long ago, because we need, uh, we jumped when Simon left. So, yeah, I mean, which is why we, we only knew the news of Nicki Minaj and Mariah Carey, but didn't ever watch that season because, and we did, you know, we missed out. But this iteration <laughs> is um, the production value has skyrocketed. They don't really waste your time with the cringy fake auditions. Right. And they do whole documentaries on each person. They let the people sing the song oh, yeah. from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. You can tell they go and rehearse. They oh, all yeah. use instruments. Yeah. It's, it's a, it really is. It's a different show. Yeah. And... Um, you're not there for the judges. They're they're honestly just um, annoying. You're yes. there for the contestants yep. and the competition, and yep. it's um, it's the shit. We're actually like straight up obsessed right now. Straight <laughs> up, I'm straight. I'm straight for American Idol. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> straight up, straight for American Idol. Yeah, straight up, straight for American. Straight Idol. up, straight for American Idol. It is. I don't want to stop watching it. I want to only. Yep. Uh, we need to get this done so that we can go watch more. Because we're basically I, I, just dry drunks, even though we're drinking. We get. We get these obsessions yeah. and these addictions yeah. to things, and all we want to do is watch TV. So, yep. um, in between American Idol binges, meow mm-hmm. meow, mm-hmm. you've also been getting balls deep <laughs> in the gay wedding happening on Days of Our Lives. So, if yes. anyone uh, is interested in hearing you break that down, <laughs> they really mm-hmm. should check out our Patreon podcast because you guys don't know this bitch goes in <laughs> on Days this week. So I think we're going to we should play a clip of you breaking down the soap acting of it all. Now there's a whole other storyline with this other woman who now is in jail and that's this offshoot. I hate when they're in the fake jail. Oh, my God. The jail is horrendous. horrendous. And again, she's in the police station. The the D.A. comes in holding a paper. You know what I mean? A it was single like, sheet of it paper. Was like, um, okay, action. She's like, fuck, do you have a notebook? Give me that. <laughs> oh, hi, Aria. I see that you're... Cha- Literally, they're so expository. It's, hello, Aria. I see that you're handcuffed to the chair. You know that I'm handcuffed to the chair. I can't move because I have handcuffs on that are connected to the chair. Well, you're connected to the chair because you're handcuffed. And the reason you're handcuffed is because you're arrested. Oh, I know I'm arrested. <laughs> <laughs> and I know what you arrested me for. I know you know what I arrested you for. And you know what you're arrested for. I know what I'm arrested for, which is why I'm handcuffed to this chair. What? Wait, what am I arrested for again? <laughs> exactly. Meanwhile, everyone's like, wait, what? Why? And she's arrested because she sent the sister to the fucking island. She, or did, no, she, she had something to do with she it. She got arrest, taken by the aliens and then she got framed and now she's arrested. Uh, I don't and she's know with the weird DA who's yeah. always going to be lightly lesbo <laughs> yes. vibes. And it's just, she's like... 
and and too much and just yeah too, like she's gonna have a thing I with had, one of the cops and she's like has to be on the desk with her elbows like yeah. if i had my way <laughs> yeah. you'd be in jail <laughs> yeah you wouldn't just be connected to a chair you're like okay <laughs> Um, my microphone is too loud. We're going to need to turn yours up okay. in general. Nana. Here's mine. I mean, on that Patreon thing. Oh, too. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I didn't hear that. Oh, my voice sounded so loud. No, it's goddamn fucking annoying. That's not the best sales pitch for me, but, um, oh my God. Well, I thought you sounded great. And if that appealed to anyone else, go to our website, julianbrandy.com. You can find all the links to check out our Patreon podcast. We do two a week every week. Um, and they're only a dollar each. You can choose to sign up for one a week or two a week. They're both an hour long and there's no ads, no politics. And they're not all about days of our lives. No, that was the first time. But they might, but more might be because now that I'm going to be a days person. I'm obsessed with days now. Now I'm going to be v- revisiting it. You won't know when, you won't know where. But when important <laughs> days, things happen, I'm going to have to talk about it. Are you watching it every day? I can't. I haven't watched it every day, but I do have many to catch up on. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're going to hopefully we can get one of the guys in the gay wedding. That's to come, right. Come on the podcast for Pride Week. We need him. This podcast. Yes. Now, Meredith Larson and her supermodel daughter, Evangeline. Mm-hmm, OK, mm-hmm. I had said that that Meredith Larson ordered a small podcast shirt. Mm-hmm, OK, mm-hmm. with our podcast logo. Mm hmm. And I was like, I really hope this. It was in a small size. And we rarely get people ordering smalls. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm like, I really hope this is for Evangeline. And I said on the podcast, if it is, send us a pic. And she did. Mm -hmm. And they're in the North Dakota snow. Yes. And Evangeline and Meredith both. They just look like sexy little (laughs) snow bunnies don't they (laughs) they do they're just Uh i don't even know how north dakota can handle these two i'm they must be like celebrities around the town (laughs) honestly so then it must be like people on corners going like oh my god meredith oh my god meredith and evangeline are here (laughs) oh my god what are we gonna do Mm -hmm. well we kept this in the pocket and i guess we kept it a little too long because then they sent a little box of goodies, mm. like a little bag of like cute little gifts with pencils, with sayings on them, yes. a notepad that says, fuck this shit, <laughs> which I like love. Yes. A bottle opener magnet that you love that says, love. carry yourself with the confidence of a mediocre white man. <laughs> love. And a magnet with Kamala Harris <laughs> that we both love that says first, but not the last. That's correct. So we love that, that, um, that bag of treats, which mm-hmm. is. So cute. And then here's what what the note is on the back of the postcard. And even though we already have Meredith and Evangeline and also Brad um, on our drug den bulletin board, we will be putting this up there, too, because I cannot have uh, Meredith and Evangeline's (laughs) long legs um, hidden from my view. And um, we also know that now we know that Evangeline goes by Vangie. Very cute. But we're going to keep calling her Evangeline. Yeah, like a full name. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Um, happy spring from North Dakota. The snow took a break during our four day April blizzard for our photo shoot. One photo. I know you only asked for a picture of, of Evangeline, but in truth, there's bucket form. I had to get in on it. As you can see in the picture, our neighbor across the street is a Catholic church. So once it warms up, we'll listen to DGP with the, with the windows open. Then the churchgoers can enjoy topics such as 
IBS, nibs, <laughs> panic rooms, drug commercial jingles, and eating cottage cheese with a stick while they judge and condemn everyone to hell. Thank you for the laughs and the community you have formed. Love, Evangeline and Meredith. Evangeline? Evangelicaline? That's right. They are so cute. Love thank, it. Thank you guys Loves for the it. treats. I mean, we love and love. And you know what, Brad? Good for you, guy. You got the two most beautiful girls in North Dakota. That's right. We also got a picture postcard for the Drug Den Bulletin Board from Kelly from St. Louis. Okay. Um, Kelly, I don't know if you know this. Kel, she ordered a, I don't know what company this is, but it, it was, it's like an actual card mm-hmm. that opened up and had the, like her note on the inside. The, oh, yeah. So the card came from England. Wow. So we, at first when we read it, it was like, hey, guys, how are you? And then <laughs> and then as we get through, it's like, oh, she's from St. Louis. So we right. stopped reading in an accent. So she's going to go on the Drug Den Bulletin Bar. And I just have to say, there's a, a nice little collage of pics of her cute self. And there's one of her holding a cute African baby yes. in what is clearly some type of important philanthropic scenario. Yeah. And I just like love that she's one of our 14 listeners. Yeah. I love that that's going to be on the Drug Den Bulletin Board. Yeah. It makes me feel like this is a real podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, for sure. Um, and she says, Hi, J&B. I love you guys so much. You make the world a much funnier place to live. I started listening to DGP during the pandemic, and though I swore I'd never pay for a podcast, I just had to have more. So I subscribed to your Patreon podcast. The first episode I listened to was you two playing Disney trivia in a bar on a cruise, and I just thought, these are my people. I'm a queer gal myself who lives in an extremely conservative Christian family in St. Louis. Oof. And listening to DGP helps remind me that sane people still exist and it gives me much needed hope for the future. Thank you for constantly being a source of light and laughter in this stranger's life. FYI, I love nature slash climbing trees and I work for a nonprofit that helps students in Uganda go to school just to explain my pics. I don't have any biological kids, but I have many babies in Uganda that I love dearly. Anyway, I can't wait to wear my I don't need your notes, babe t-shirt to every foreseeable family function. Please never stop discussing politics or random life experiences on the Patreon. When podcasters can even make ads entertaining, you know they are winners. All the best from the Midwest, Kelly. We now interrupt our regularly scheduled JoJo and Kiki because we need to take an emergency trip to Primary Street. Can you tell me how to get, how to get to Primary Street? How to get to Primary Street? Levels, levels. How to get to Primary. 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 (laughs) I'm watching so much American now. You know what? Try and keep it. Just use your pure voice. Primary. (laughs) Primary. <laughs> oh yeah uh, you well know maybe you should do a try another arrangement do mm. you know any other songs <laughs> well i yes actually i can do the rascal flats version of primary oh Street. how does that go it goes on uh, can you tell me <laughs> can you tell me how to get can you tell me how to get 
<laughs> to primary street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So last Tuesday, uh, important primary elections were held in five states. Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Kentucky, Idaho, and Oregon. Just a quick recap for anyone who doesn't know, doesn't care, or simply doesn't remember. Primary elections are held by each party to select their candidate to run in the general election. So like when Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders both wanted to be the Democratic nominee for president in 2016, they campaigned and then Democrats went down and voted. And then the Democratic National Committee went down and rigged it. So Hillary beat Bernie. <laughs> right. And then all the Bernie bros basically went and became radicalized QAnon during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yes. Okay. <laughs> so that may be a bad example. Uh, so let's just forget that one. Let's just put that to the side. Um, so like when Hillary Clinton and Obama ran against each other in 2008 <laughs> to be the Democratic nominee, Democrats went down and voted and Obama won. Yes. And I must retell the story that before that election, I was always registered as an independent without even realizing that that was an actual party. That's how <laughs> fucking dumb I was. I literally just thought that meant I was independent. I'm like, oh, like when I got my license, I'm like, independent, bitch. I'm not in the parties. I'm independent. It's like, you know, you're in a party and right. it's called the independent party and you're a tool. And by the way, I know that's how ignorant most people who think of themselves as in the middle mm -hmm. are i truly believe and i learned i did learn this from you but also my own lived experience for most people being in the middle means you just don't want to have to commit and get involved or pay attention to anything mm -hmm. you literally don't want to learn anything or know anything and then you want to hide behind going i'm just in the middle and that's exactly how i was so much so that i didn't even know that independent was an actual party well, I do think that's fair since people, when they do say it, even on TV, they say, I'm an independent. So you then think, oh, you're an independent. Yeah. <laughs> you're not in the independent party. I'm an independent now, except for people who are in, you know, like Bernie and who is and who's an independent. But doesn't run as an independent. Exactly. Which is why it's confusing. Yeah. And also that so. whole party depends on the fact that. The only members are people who think they're not members of a party. They probably don't even get any money. Right. So basically, I looked online mm -hmm. to see back in whatever, 2007 or whatever year that was, to see if I was allowed to vote in the primary because I wasn't a registered Democrat, like in the Democratic primary. Mm -hmm. And what I saw at that time anyway, it was like you couldn't vote. So I basically looked online to find out if I was allowed back in 2007 or whenever that was. If I was allowed to vote in the Democratic Party, even though I wasn't a registered Democrat, because I'd never been a registered Democrat or Republican my, since I got my license, because you can register, oh, when you're 18, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I when at that time, anyways, you couldn't vote in the Democratic Party if you weren't a registered Democrat. Right. So I was like, oh, bitch. So I registered and it was it for me personally, it was a big deal. Like I felt kind of like I was. I just felt gross. Like I was like joining a religion or something. I don't know. I felt it didn't feel that great. Uh -huh. But I have to say when I walked my ass across the street a month later and voted for Obama, <laughs> I was like, damn, that feels pretty good, bitch. Sorry, not sorry. And I've been a de registered Democrat ever since. That is wonderful. <laughs> what, and, 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 and that is, goes to show you um, that primary elections matter. OK, they are critical. And since Trump, they're even more important. 
So these five primary elections held last Tuesday determined those states, Democrat and Republican candidates for the midterm elections coming up on November 8th. This year's midterms are do or die. The <laughs> only way to win these seats in Congress and not have Trump and his MAGA army claiming election fraud is to win by a landslide like Obama did. There can't be any close calls because Republicans will just claim victory and threaten to do insurrections everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, these five state primaries went, I thought, pretty good. I mean, I was kind of like, it's going to be a month of primaries or more. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. we're eventually every state's going to have theirs. So everybody needs to pay attention to when their states like Georgia's coming up. And I'm just like, I am back doing housewives reunions, bitch. I'm popcorn <laughs> living, living, living. I even love an aggressively problematic like right-wing Republican getting in because they're so divisive and horrendous. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, let the crazy bitch win. Let the crazy bitch win. And then when they don't, I'm like, oh, I don't want any. I want every, the craziest people to win for the Republicans. But this one, this one was okay, all things considered. So in North Carolina, current Republican congressman and closeted (laughs) Christian bigot, Madison Cawthorn, Mm. lost his primary, (sighs) showing... How the Republican National Committee also has their own candidate rigging going on, mm-hmm. right? Yep, that's right. Madison Cawthorn, um, like I said, is a sitting congressman right now. Right now, he's in Congress. He's the incumbent, but he lost the primary because he did an interview, and it's probably a fucking podcast, by the way, where he said the Republicans in Congress are doing coke and having orgies. <laughs> so they were like, yeah, baby, no, yeah, done. And he is. Yep. They kicked his ass out yep. so hard. And even though the guy who beat him, who apparently owns a bunch of fucking McDonald's Mm. chains in North Carolina, he'll probably beat the Democratic candidate, who is a female LGBTQ activist Mm -hmm. in the midterms in November. It's just still so awesome that Madison Cawthorn's homophobic, sexist, hypocritical Jesus twat will be out (laughs) of our faces. I never want to look at that guy for the rest of my life. Uh, Me neither. Me neither. I, I... I I hate <laughs> Madeline Cawthorn. Oh, Madeline, I hate Madeline, Madeline Albright I Cawthorn. Hate Madeline <laughs> fucking Cawthorn. Okay, like <laughs> just. I'm sad he's gone now. I we mean, can't do Madeline Cawthorn I, I, all yeah, year. And but we'll find something for his replacement because that guy is unfortunately <laughs> horrific. Horif- Chuck, horif- you mean Chuck? Her- you mean Chuck? Yeah, Chuck is horrific. Chuck Edwards, horrific. But. Uh, the thing is, I hate Matt, Madeline Cawthorn, but not as much as I hate Dr. Oz, who's running to be the Republican Senate candidate in Pennsylvania. And listen, the House of Representatives matter, okay? But there's five fucking hundred of them. The Senate is the real power. And I don't want to look at Dr. Oz's stupid fucking face after he ripped off all the women who watched his show with 900 different diet supplements or whatever the fuck else. He's a piece of shit. And Trump, of course, endorsed him because he's a celebrity and Trump's a star fucker above all else. But the hilarious thing happening with this Republican Senate primary in Pennsylvania is that Dr. Oz barely is beating the other Republican dude, like barely, as in less than a thousand votes. It was so close that the results weren't ever called. And Trump told Dr. Oz to just claim victory because it just makes it harder for them to cheat with the ballots that they just happened to find. Yeah, that's a quote, direct quote. And it's doubly funny because all of these Republican asshole candidates, even the ones not endorsed by Trump, are big fans 
of the Trump election fraud bullshit narrative. But now the other Republican dude in Pennsylvania who is only a thousand votes behind Dr. Oz, like you said, he is, of course, suing the Commonwealth Court of Pennsylvania to have the updated mail-in ballots counted. Literally, you you can't even write this shit. This Republican sewer puppet <laughs> literally campaigned my mouth, against mail-in ballots and voter accessibility and voter rights. And now that he's barely losing and he knows the fix is in, he knows the Republican National Committee is taking Trump's candidate and doing everything they can to make Dr. Oz win. Mm-hmm. This fuck is literally suing the state of Pennsylvania to have the mail-in ballots that were rejected now counted. Wow. Okay? Wow. These yep. peace of shit, I can't stop saying it, Republicans <laughs> did everything they could to restrict voting and now when they start losing, they want to go and cry about it. Like, they literally made voting in Pennsylvania, a famously purple battleground state, so strict that if you mail in your ballot by the deadline, your ballot's perfectly good and it's in by the deadline, mm-hmm. but you don't handwrite the date on the outside envelope, that the ballot is considered inadmissible, regardless of the visibly stamped by the post office post date. They go, throw it in the trash. And now this dude Ugh. is suing to have those trashed ballots. Of, oh, of course you're suing. Of course you are. It's, you screwed yourself. Yep. You screwed yourself. Go die. It's like a, it's a, it's a, it's, you couldn't even, you wouldn't even believe it if it was in a movie. No, you'd say you would think it was too extreme. <laughs> yeah, you'd think, you'd say it was too extreme. You'd say it was too extreme. It's just, it's, it's, it's funny. It's horrific. I, I I want to believe that they backed themselves into a corner with these laws, but they didn't. I'm sure they'll still win. But we want this other asshole to beat Dr. Oz hands down. So let's hope his hypocritical lawsuit prevails. Okay, so Idaho... And because obviously Dr. Oz will beat... Whoever the... Because he's right. a celebrity. Yes. And Oprah right. and, Ma, right. and people who don't pay attention right. will lurk, and that's right. why. Right. Now, Idaho and Oregon primaries also happened. And even though my beautiful daughter, Goldie, who is currently living in Oregon with her mom, Paris, and her stepdad... <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice that he you know that we're we're a modern family yeah you are and you know, I'm, what I mean? you know what it's we're lucky he's raising her yeah no it's nice it's nice you're an absentee father and I know. you're not paying any child support you're not helping the family it's out awful. but we love goldie and you know right. she's a chip off the i old just block. i just want her to know I, I i care about her and i think about her often <laughs> um we aren't even going to deal with oregon or idaho the only state we really care about from last week's primary election is the senate primary in kentucky why Because our good friend Charles Booker won the Democratic primary in Kentucky and he's going up against the incumbent libertarian shit twit Rand Paul in November and I cannot even deal with myself. I hate Rand Paul with a seething rage and I love Charles Booker like my own son. Well, to be fair, I mean, he's he's like a brother to us at this point. True, true. Like a brother who's not annoying. Exactly. So for any of our newer 14 listeners... Charles Booker is a Democrat in Kentucky who became infamous for a viral speech he gave about abortion while he was on the Kentucky State Senate. He ran to be the Kentucky Democratic candidate for the U.S. Senate in 2020, and right before the primary election, he came on this podcast. (laughs) 
There are no words to describe how much he means to us and to his whole community. Our only regret with this interview is that Brandy was too deep in her COVID paranoia to let us meet him on Zoom. <laughs> so he never saw how attractive we are. But I told him. You did. Yes, you did. Yes, I did. Yes. But of all the <laughs> interviews we've ever done, this guy felt so historically important, it's hard to describe. I'd say it's on the level of when Kamala Harris and I had our intense two-minute life-changing date. Well. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, not, not, a, a, not a date. It was a, a meet. It was an interlude. A mm -hmm. meeting. It was an eye to eye. It was a question and answer at a town <laughs> hall. Very, very. Uh, it was rife with chemistry. It was intense. <laughs> it was intense. Uh, I think for everyone uh, who was there. And anyone who witnessed it. Anyone who witnessed it. It was just intense. Well, whatever. <laughs> Charles Booker felt like that. And I know he felt it too. <laughs> we felt Even just through the phone. No, through the phone. He felt it from both of us. The chemistry, the intensity. We felt like we snuck in an interview with Obama before he was Obama. And it fucking changed us forever. That's what he does. He's Charles Booker. Now, unfortunately, the Republicans brought in a ringer and some fake Republican Democrat named Amy McGrath, who ended up beating Charles Booker in the primary in 2020. And then she, of course lost to Mitch McConnell in the general election. But not today, Satan. <laughs> it's do you 22. And this time Charles Booker won his primary and he will beat Rand Paul. And in honor of that, we're going to play our interview with Charles Booker from 2020. For those of you who heard it the first time around, feel free to fast forward. But you know, you don't remember it. And turns out, sweetie, it's more relevant than ever because his viral video was on abortion rights, which are quickly becoming a thing of the past. And also, we will interview him again. <laughs> okay, this is the part of the show where we get candid with a candidate who is running for office in an upcoming election. We hope to do this many more times before November, but at this moment right now, there isn't a candidate alive that is a better fit for this segment, and we are so grateful for the opportunity to talk to him. That's right. If you are one of our regular 14 listeners, then you already know how obsessed we are with the Kentucky Senate race. On one hand, we've got stupid fucking Rand Paul holding up the anti-lynching bill, and on the other hand, we got Mitch McConnell holding up everything. everything. Literally everything from voter suppression to workplace discrimination. If the bill helps empower the powerless, Mitch McConnell keeps it off the Senate floor. He's the silent enemy of every working class person in this country. We discovered our hatred for Mitch McConnell in 2018. The way we discover everything else. Google. And since then, we've made it the mission of this podcast to get the power out of his hands. People may not realize it, but it's Mitch McConnell's world and Donald Trump's just living in it. But the good news is that both of those morally bankrupt sacks of shit can be voted out in November. And it all starts this week in Kentucky. If you live in Kentucky, have family in Kentucky, know a single soul in Kentucky, then pay attention. The last day to vote in the primary is next Tuesday, June 23rd. But early voting has already started in some parts of the state. So you can literally go right now and vote. But don't go right now. Listen to this interview first because... This man is the Senate candidate that you want to vote for. He's already been fighting the good fight as the youngest black man in the Kentucky legislature, but we need him in Washington. The country needs him in Washington. Kentucky has hoarded him <laughs> long enough. He cemented his permanent place in American government when a video of him yelling My Life Matters 2 last year on the Kentucky House floor resurfaced last week in the midst of all the protests and immediately went viral. If you haven't heard it yet, here it is, and you're welcome. Listen, I stood up 
probably for the first time in the state's history, gave a monologue about what it would mean to be shot as a black man. Talked about Senate Bill 150. Talked about lynchings. Told you how my family was lynched. How some want to compare that to abortion. What a roller coaster I've been on this session. I've laid all my stories out for you. I explained to you how these types of laws, like 150, would kill people. And the same folks that want to have the, the audacity to vote yes now voted for that legislation. Gentlemen, I apologize. My life matters too, Your Speaker. Your three minutes is up. My life matters too, Speaker. You are out of order. My Your three minutes are up. He will definitely be the president one day, but first he's got to beat Amy McGrath in the Kentucky primary this week to become the Democratic nominee for Senate and then beat Mitch McConnell in November. Everybody who is paying attention wants this guy. He not only has endorsements from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders, he's also been endorsed by the two biggest newspapers in Kentucky, but the challenge is reaching the people who aren't paying attention, and that's where you guys come in. So get ready to dust off that old Facebook messenger and start campaigning because this guy is going to give you the major hope feels. So without further ado, we're so honored to have the opportunity to get candid with Kentucky's best Senate candidate, Charles Booker. Hi, Charles. Hey, thank you all for having me. First of all, wait a minute. That was the best <laughs> intro that I have ever heard. Do you want to hire thank us God. for your campaign? Actually, we'll just do it for free. Yeah, right. We really want to come after you win on Tuesday. We want to come to Kentucky mm -hmm. and campaign for you. We want to stand at malls. Oh, yeah. I feel, I feel the love. And yes, we win this primary you all are coming down. Let's make some noise together. <laughs> yeah. So right off the bat, we got to talk about that video. It's clearly going down as one of the most historically relevant moments ever in American politics. Can you please put it into context for it? Like, what was the what was Bill 150? What was going on in the room? Just yeah. everything about it. Um, That was, it was a very powerful moment. And that, I was actually speaking out against an abortion bill. Um. The bill was to essentially permanently ban all abortion. Um, a Republican colleague of mine got up to propose an amendment that would consider the life of the mother list concealed carry, which would essentially say that, you know, you don't need to be trained. Don't worry about a license. Don't oh worry about any sort of certification, which I explained as a young black man, I'm already seen as a deadly weapon. Mm. Now you're essentially giving law enforcement an additional green light to say, don't even worry about asking because they won't even have it. You can blow them away and you will be justified. And so I got up and actually acted out another very um, critical moment that I'm going to tell my grandchildren about. Um, I acted out a scene of what it would be like as a black man to be shot by police. Mm. Um, and so, you know, when I was speaking in that moment, you know, there were, a lot of folks that got up to talk about how we need to ban abortion. And, um, you know, they were leaning into their faith. And both my parents are ministers. Uh, I come from a Pentecostal background. Um, my mm -hmm. faith is critical to me. But my faith teaches me to honor the humanity of all people. And it inspires me to know that we cannot be talking about women's health and the agency of women as if they don't exist and if, as if they're not in, in the picture. And, you know, so I've always been a loud voice to say that, no, we need to protect the rights of women and honor their voices and get out of their, their way and quit trying to 
put ourselves in shoes that we could never feel. Um, and so my remarks were just explaining that if you want to say that you're protecting life by banning abortion, then mean what you're saying and quit showing the hypocrisy in your in your in your position because you just passed legislation that would kill people that look like me. And so I started shouting out my life matters too. And and I wasn't even really saying that for me. I was thinking about so many Kentuckians that feel invisible, that feel like nobody cares about them. Their politicians, elected officials could care less of whether they live or die, whether they have food on their table or, or they're homeless. And I just shouted it out. And then the speaker cut my mic off. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care about the mic. My life matters too. So I just kept yelling it. And um, it's so relevant to this moment. Yeah, yeah. it's chilling. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it is chilling. I had no idea that was about permitless concealing carry. Did you? Wow. Uh, no, and it's crazy. Just everything Sorry. you're saying too. And I love, you know, the fact that you're coming from a Pentecostal background. For people, do you r r like come across people of faith where you're coming from such a different position than they are? People who use the Bible in a way that just seems to take away rights. take away rights rather yeah. than give and and so i can just tell you i appreciate that you are coming from that position and i and i hope that people can just hear that message it's so important especially coming from somebody who you know is a person of faith yeah you know yeah yeah we we exist and right, you know right, I, right. I, <laughs> right and we just we just need more leaders that can speak speak with moral clarity and we and do push back absolutely. on absolutely yeah let's talk about kentucky is there a history of police violence and brutality there? And if so, is is this moment going to be enough to, like, move the needle this time? Um, yes, there is a history. Um, and that is an understatement. Um, Louisville has been one of the most segregated cities in the country. Mm -hmm. And um, so I live in the West End. That's where I'm, I'm, I'm connecting with you from. When you all come down here, I'll show you around. <laughs> and, you know, this is... The zip code I'm in right now, it has been the poorest zip code in Kentucky for mm -hmm. years. And, you know, we criminalize poverty in our country. Mm -hmm. We certainly do it here. And uh, especially when it comes to um, incarceration rates with women, we have one of the highest on the planet. Oh, my um, God. Oh, my God. And, and there is a lot of there's a lot of tension um, in our community. There is a whole lot of mistrust. And there have been so many cases of brutality. Um, you know, involved with our law enforcement that, you know, we've just come to expect it. And so I, I knew Breonna Taylor. Um, she was close friends uh, to my cousin TJ, who was murdered on Easter Sunday four years ago. Oh and um, wow. TJ, TJ was a part of what was called the misidentified four. These were four young black men who were profiled and arrested for an um, incident that they had nothing to do with. He was leaving his job. There was a big incident at our waterfront park. Some young people were causing a disturbance. All the, uh, the wealthy folks were alarmed. The mayor wanted to respond. So they found four black males uh, to make the culprit and put them in jail. My cousin had no money for bail, so he had to stay in jail. He could not graduate, lost his job. They ended up confirming that, in fact, he was never there, and they got a big settlement from the city. And um, and he was murdered in the car that he bought with his settlement check. Oh, my God. And and, and he and Brianna were, were really tight. And so 
you know, all of this, why you're seeing us like born in the streets and cry out in the streets is because like we're just so exhausted, Mm -hmm. so exhausted by this. And we just want things to change. And I do believe that because of what happened to Brianna and the way that it happened, I think it's triggered something. And I think, you know, George Floyd and what we're seeing across the country now, I think people are, are seeing it in a different way. And I believe it's in part because of this pandemic that is sort of forcing people to slow down and look around and, and, and their sense of comfort and confidence and security has, in a lot of ways has been taken away because a lot of folks have lost their jobs, they're losing their businesses, and now they're, they're sort of looking around like, what do we do? And, and then they see the brutality. Um, and, and my hope is that, you know, we can honor the life of Breonna Taylor, and Mr. McAtee, and everybody that's becoming uh, a damn hashtag uh, by demanding real justice and accountability. And, and one last thing I'll say on it is that Breonna Taylor was killed in her home, um, in her sanctuary, you know, the place where you should feel safe, the place where you should feel comfortable and at peace. In your home, her door was kicked in in the dead of night. She was murdered. And when her partner got up to defend her using stand your ground, which is problematic legislation, but if you look like I do or come from where I come from, you may not have ground to stand on, was trying to stand his ground. It's fine for George Zimmerman. (laughs) Exactly. 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 And so, and they never even knew that law enforcement were the ones that were shooting at them. And I think that triggered a whole lot of people across Kentucky that are, you know, about freedom and liberty and protecting their rights. And they're like, well, wait a minute, what what happened here? Yeah, this ain't right. So I I, I just hope we lean into this moment to come together and, and fight for real change. Why is Kentucky like one of the poorest states in the union? Is that Mitch McConnell's fault? Is it? Like, it does it be? Is it because of minimum wage? Is it because of unemployment? Do they not get federal aid? I mean, we're dumb. Like, we don't necessarily know how the states get money or. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, so first of all, Mitch McConnell is laughing to the bank. Um, he he is absolutely profiting off of our poverty and our pain. You know, the a lot of a lot of what happened happened with Kentucky is as industries have declined and our economy as a country has evolved and changed. Um, places like Kentucky have really been left behind. Um, you know, I'm, the, the reason that unemployment is so high and has been around 30% for years in uh, the neighborhood I'm, I'm living in is because industries left. Like, those jobs are gone, and, and nothing came in return. And, like, in parts of eastern Kentucky where the fossil fuel industry is declining, coal jobs are damn near gone, and, you know, we've just been abandoned. And we have someone in the Senate who is using that to his benefit. Mm. So, you know, he he's blocking health care. He's blocking investment in people. He's blocking uh, the types of reforms that would keep our communities safe. He's working against organized labor. He's making sure that wages stay low because Kentucky has been one of the most disenfranchised states. And so if you have a state of people that don't have a voice and then you keep them broke and you make sure the education system is underfunded and crumbling, then it's easy for you to continue to hoard power. He's, he's manipulated us. And, you know, now it's, it's just one of those moments where we cannot let that continue on because we're dying. Yeah. We're, we're dying. And so that's why I'm taking this fight, and we're going to get his ass out of there. 
Okay, so what 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 can be done? Like in in tangible terms, is it like something as mercenary as like okay, give incentives to like disgusting Amazon warehouses and <laughs> what like jobs? Like how to create an oh, industry. like Green New Deal jobs yeah. and things that you want yeah. manufacturing to come to Kentucky. You want somehow if Mitch was out of the way, you could then potentially have an open pathway to hey companies come and bid in our areas come and build it's got to be beautiful yeah kind of you know it's got to be aspirational just as far as like the 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 heartland yeah yeah yes it is beautiful in kentucky this is one of the greatest places on the planet i mean Mm -hmm. you you have the whole spectrum of experiences here from the mountains i mean we we have beautiful beaches around our lakes um, I mean, this is just an incredible place. I was a director of Fish and Wildlife, um, which I'd love to tell you all about at some point. But yeah. Don't get Julie travel. started. Yeah. She's a lesbian, and she'll talk about animals. We don't have yeah. the time, Charles. So, we just don't I have could the talk time. about every so, species, so you know. every species, every single thing. Don't get me started on hunting either. So, okay. Well, you got to come down here so we can, we can enjoy this together. So, I mean, it's, a, it's, an, it's an incredible place. And, you know, one of the things we have to do is we got to prioritize people and invest in people because so many industries have left. Um, so many resources have been just zapped away and washed away. And our infrastructure is so, so terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, our, our Internet is crap. Wow. Um, like, we we need so much investment in our roadways. Like, a lot of our bridges are crumbling. And and that is why, you know, I'm leaning into these these bold policies to cast a vision for the future, like a Green New Deal, which I'm calling it a Kentucky New Deal. Like, we need to lead on the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, having su- sustainable industries where we can have more good-paying jobs. Yep. We can make sure that our, our water is clean. Yep. You know, imagine that. I mean, it's Mitch can... McConnell's wife who does the infrastructure. <laughs> it's <I'm>... his wife. <laughs> it, is so, it is remarkable to, to, to know that he has so much power and is so weak. Yeah, um, it, it is. It's just mind-boggling. But, but that's another reason why I support universal basic income too. Um, I mean, we need to raise wages. We yeah. do. We need to support uh, organized labor. We need to do those things. But we need to make sure we're giving people. Yeah. The financial did you freedom Did you like decisions. Andrew Yang? Were you like you yeah. mean like that type of? That's what he was doing, right? The Freedom Dividend wasn't it originally called Universal Basic Income? I thought. Huh? Yeah, yeah, he was he was building on UBI, and I I've spoken with him, and I was I really I appreciate that he helped to elevate this conversation. This is actually something I've been pushing for for years. So like Dr. King spoke about a guaranteed yeah. annual income, and you we know love our, that. our yeah we love yeah, it yeah, and so we need to do things like that, and we can you know send blank checks to. Uh, for military industrial complex, um, we can give the big pharmaceutical industry um, hand over fist money going into administrative cost and uh, lack of transparency instead of into better care. We can make sure that we're investing in people. I don't want to hear any excuses about it, and Kentuckians don't want to hear any more excuses. So that's why we're going to win this race. Because we're coming now. We we realize what our power is, and we're understanding. And I I, I have a phrase that I've been saying from the hood to the holler. Like we're we're realizing our common bonds and we're standing yeah. together, and we gonna win this fight. You know, you must know that Mitch McConnell has the lowest approval rating of every oh, okay. single senator, and we know, and and that's even after Rand Paul, who we know is <laughs> doo doo. Why why does he keep getting elected for good, good how question. many years? This guy been a, a yeah. senator thirty yeah. years. Yeah. He's he's been elected. He was elected two weeks after I was born. 
So oh my god. Why are they voting yeah. for him? Just because it says incumbent next to his name or Yeah, I mean, well, you know, there's an issue with turnout and, and like I was saying, with Kentucky being one of the most disenfranchised states, it's hard to vote here. Mm. Like and a lot of people have just given up. You know, they're too busy trying to survive and like, well, you know, these politicians don't care about us anyway and he's been there, nothing's gonna change, so I'ma just keep surviving. And that's why I'm saying that you can't beat someone like Mitch McConnell, who is an institution, by just throwing money at him or saying that you're going to be a pro-Trump Democrat. Like, you, you can't beat him that way. And we have to inspire people to believe things can be different. we got to lift up the voices of folks who have tapped out yeah. and have just thrown their hands up. we got to wrap our arms around them and say, nah, you matter too much. Let's lean in. You know, this is time for your voice to be accounted for. we got to do that work. Uh, the work that community organizers fight to do all the time. And, I, and I'm an organizer at heart. So I know this is how change can happen. And um, that's really why we're, we're building a movement to win this primary. Because you got to know, I'm running against uh, Amy McGrath in the primary, who is essentially using the Mitch McConnell playbook. I mean, you know, having big money, dancing around, avoiding issues, uh, not lifting up the voices of Kentuckians, just trying to drown out opponents. That's what Mitch McConnell does. And we're tired of that BS. Like, we, we can't afford it. And so uh, that's why you're seeing so much of, you know, the Herald Leader, Cure Journal, like you mentioned, labor leaders, uh, the House Democratic leadership, all of the leadership, uh, folks that you would not expect to go against the big money candidate, mm-hmm. know that we can't play that game anymore. And I'm so proud to know that we are going to win this race in eight days. What have you been doing? Have you been doing like the Beto O'Rourke, like every single county move? Or have you been focusing on certain areas, like disenfranchised areas where you got to convince people that they're going to have to wait in line, go 40 miles to go to their voting place? Yeah, we got to do, we have to do all of that. I mean, we just, we, they, I voted against it. They just passed uh, voter ID legislation. We heard. So that you're right. Insane. Yeah, we, we're going to have our work cut out. But, I mean, yeah. this is really the only way you can take it on. I yeah. mean, we have a lot of momentum behind us. Folks are really fired up. There are a lot of people that voted for Trump that are, are helping. Like, wow. they're, they're, they're excited to help my candidacy. And I'm not running away from my identity or the things I believe in at all. I'm just listening to them and, you know, peeling the politics back. And I'm like, look, you may not agree with me on everything, but you know I'm going to fight for you. Because you've seen, I'm just listening to them and, you know, peeling the politics back. And I'm like, look, you may not agree with me on everything, but you know I'm going to fight for you because you've seen me stand on the front lines. And let's get this clown out of there. And they're like, you know what, let's do it. <laughs> so I, I, it's going to be hard. I, I make no mistake. But this is the fight we're fighting, and we are ready to win. Well, let's talk to the people just quickly, to those who who thought they were going to vote for Amy McGrath or are thinking and they don't know between the two of you or whatever. What are the biggest differences between the two of you? I've lived the struggle. Like, this is not something consultants are coaching me on. I'm not talking about these issues because I, I've read them in a paper. I'm leaning into what I know. And I've, you, I've put it to work. I'm the only elected official that's in this primary that's actually had to pass legislation in the face of our own mini Donald Trump, which Matt Bevin was exactly that. And, and I've stood on the front line. I mean, even during these protests, and, and it's much more in protest now. Like, people are rising up. Yeah. Like, we're, we're not going back. But I stood on the front lines, and I was hit with tear gas myself. My, a lot of my campaign staff was helping to pour milk on people to wash their eyes out. 
I'm standing on the front lines and my opponent is sending out tweets and, and giving excuses. And so I think the people of Kentucky know we have a real choice here and they're standing with someone who's been standing for them. And that's why I'm asking everyone to give them a look at us. Um, folks wanted to write our primary off and say that there was no choice for Kentucky, but we do have a choice now and we're standing for our future. And I'm asking you all to stand with us. Mm-hmm. What can our listeners do there's 14 of them, but that's <laughs> what can they do to help you today? Like, first of all, Kentucky is somewhere that is easily drivable from all like t- other places. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Is driving there? Is it just donating? What can our listeners do? Like we, people will really we are, help you. Oh, you can, you can help from your couch. And yeah. And if, if you want to come, we will receive you with open arms, uh, six feet apart. Um, <laughs> but, but yes, we're, you know, we're masking and gloving it up and helping to pass out information. Uh, we're doing a lot of texting, phone banking, mm-hmm. virtual events. People are digitally digitally canvassing. Uh, we have apps that can help with that. So if you want to help wherever you are, it's way more than 14. You can go to bookerforkentucky.com <laughs> and get connected with us. This is the movement to win. I would like to know before we let you go, what is the, is the main thing that, that Kentucky – residents care about is it like what's the most pressing issue right now let's say the number one on the list of the many yeah 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 the 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 list is long Um, but that is why when people ask me why am i running for senate like i'm i'm not merely running to beat mitch mcconnell we we got to beat him because he's in the way the big issue is that poverty is generational like so many places have been just absolutely abandoned and so the lack of access to good paying jobs and healthcare. I mean, those are like really two of the biggest things. Um, and the reason why we talk about our pension so much is because for a lot of folks, like that's all they have. Mm. Um, you know, and so getting to the heart of structural inequity and structural racism, which is really what we're talking about, is so central. And, you know, when I go to Washington, that's why I'm a big supporter of Medicare for All. That that is why I support a Green New Deal. That's that's why I push for meaningful criminal justice reform and, and legalization. Like we, we got to break barriers down and we got to do it yesterday. And um, I'm ready to get up there and make a whole lot of noise. What about taxing like the Uber rich or the huge corporations? What are your thoughts oh, on yeah. that? We, well, I definitely support uh, idea of a wealth tax. I mean, we need to close the loopholes that allow folks like Jeff Bezos to be on a path to be a trillionaire. What the hell right. is that? Uh, when folks are trying to put food on the table, mm-hmm. um, you know, our, and our tax structure is it predates the civil rights movement here in Kentucky. It's like it's super regressive. We're already struggling, and we need meaningful reform. And I've been fighting for that at the state level, but we we need folks in Washington that will stand up to these big industries and say, "No, you're not going to keep looting regular people." Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, we we need it, and, and I'm I'm proud to fight for it because we'll. People ask, how do you pay for Medicare for all? How do you pay for these things? We're already paying for it. Mm-hmm. We just need to reprioritize what our focus is, and, and that's what we're going to do now. Yeah, let's make some rich people pay for it, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how I'm we saying, do it. You know, exactly. Thank you so much yeah. for doing our stupid podcast. We really, <laughs> really, truly are honored to talk to you, and we hope that you'll come on after you win the nomination on Tuesday, <laughs> and we can yep. talk about the next phase of our campaign with that's you right, that's when right. we come to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I look forward to seeing y'all. And yes, we it's a date. We're gonna make it happen. <laughs> tell tell our listeners again 
um, any of your social media, they will blast you on social media and retweet you and everything else and, and how to wear your campaign, how to donate, all of it. Yes, yes. All of my social media handles are Booker, the number four, KY. Um, you'll see a dance video occasionally with my daughters. One's coming soon. <laughs> and, then, and then my website again is Booker, F O R, Kentucky spelled out, dot com. Okay. Thank, you Thank you so, so much. much. We will be in touch again. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank y'all both. All right. Good luck. Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a So There's That moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans and the ignorant Facebook Fox News army that follows them. She hates doing it because finding an uplifting story to end the show on a positive note is fucking hard. Especially right fucking now when half the country are mind-controlled members of a morally bankrupt fascist cult and the other half are whiny, self-righteous virtue signalers who are too busy trying to keyboard dunk on so-called transphobes <laughs> within their own community to ever have a reasonable conversation in real life that would actually change someone's point of view. <laughs> but that's what we have you for, Meow Meow, mm. to enlighten us and give us hope with your So There's That. Sometimes we're just on the same wavelength. You know what I mean? I mean, I want to always be on your wavelength. Just, I mean, we're always on the same wavelength. But, like, there are just times when I know that we, like, have, like we'll come to the table, like, at the podcast. like, <laughs> And we're just, like, we know we're going to just, like, almost say the same sentence. Yeah. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's, like, it's not even wavelength. It's, like, <laughs> mouth and words and teeth. Now. Mouth and words and teeth. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm in such a freaking mood, okay, because of exactly what you just said. <laughs> Um, between picking fights with trolls on Twitter uh, and feeling misunderstood as fuck and the continuing <laughs> and the continuing saga of this country delving deeper and deeper into a shitbag of self-righteous ideological thirst clowns or religious zealot misogynist women killers. I honestly don't know how we're making it through the day this week. The only thing that has been getting us through is the new low of going back and watching American Idol clips <laughs> to feel inspired and long it's for a, a time. It's quite frankly embarrassing. <laughs> and long for a time that just isn't this time. But I do have to say, it actually isn't all bad. It really isn't. Um, and we did have to start watching this actual season of American Idol. And it is helping, even though Katy Perry is possibly one of the biggest thirst clowns <laughs> to ever have been born. But I have to say, we do have a newfound appreciation for the nurturing daddy vibes that Lionel Richie's giving and the homoerotic bromancery of Luke Bryant and Orlando Bloom, which is really warming our cold hearts towards him. I mean, and in general, it then softens the heart to life. And trying to look at where we are now with new eyes and be grateful we're not lured onto a submarine to be raped and killed and cut up and thrown into the ocean. Anyway, <laughs> don't watch that, Doc. <laughs> wow. Woof. Besides, not, for whatever reason, we're doing American Idol and documentaries about women who get raped and killed <laughs> and cut up into pieces. So I want to highlight today just a little story of lady power that we desperately need. Did you know that women account for less than 4% of the workforce within construction trades like plumbing, carpentry, and electrical work? 4%. Okay. 
And this particular sector faces massive labor shortages right now, which is crazy. And there's still not even that many women in it. So the fact that there's a labor shortage is a good thing because that means that now there's all these construction and trade type jobs that are opening up, even though Republicans are constantly whining that there's no jobs and the economy sucks. And they should all be forced to get pregnant and marry people they're not in love with and suffer the indignity of being forced to present in a certain way that makes them feel like they want to rip their skin off. I deeply want that for all of them. Now, remember, we don't have to agree on lifestyle or pronouns. We just all have to agree on our equal rights under the law. You hypocritical, self-righteous, judgmental, two-faced, selfish assholes. And that goes for both sides. You know who I'm talking to. You know what I mean. Um, there's one special lady in your life that wants to work in construction. You. That's right. <laughs> Back to positive women stuff. <laughs> That's right. You do. And or mechanics. I'd like to be like a, mechanic, a mechanic. And then I always look at the construction workers and I'm always like, yes, dude, yeah. I want to do that. I know. And I, so we'll get that. Well, you you know what? I like a get tangible hands on job with busy work that you leave at the end of the day. That's why yeah. I, I, I can't like, I always kind of want to work at the post office too, or right. a grocery store. Cause it's mm -hmm. like you touch things, you hear noises, you right. beep, 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 yes. click, click, click. You right. don't get to click, do click the keys. And Google me. Yeah. And then in a construction, it's like you get to see the work progress. Yeah. And construction is just too, it's for for being a mechanic, it's too dirty. Yes. And for construction, which is also dirty, but I don't think I would mind, it's too loud. Yeah, it's loud. Yeah, exactly. Well, I read this article on CNN and it made me so happy and I think that you'll appreciate it then. Now, I have also always wished and wanted to have the skill of carpentry well, you just want to wear all the gear. Yeah, I want to wear all you the gear. You want course. to walk around with a hammers <laughs> hanging off and tools hanging off a tool belt. Yeah. And then those steel-toed boots on. Love. I think I, ha I have two pairs of those. But I do want that. and I But I do wish that I could build things yeah. and, like, be handy. I, I look like I should be, but I am not. You're okay. Although you did put in the electric guitar that fell off the wall with a 20-pound <laughs> um, steel stand that um, gave me... Um, a concussion. It, yeah, it gave me um, severe head... A brain damage. Yeah. Yeah. A, a traumatic head a brain, brain trauma. injury. <laughs> right. Uh, I, that's true. That's what I mean. I'm just not... I never find the stud in the wall. I just do it too quickly. I don't understand how it works. Like, I'm just not... But my dad has a wood shop that he made. He builds tools. He, like, can make anything. He can fix anything. And I just don't... I just didn't get that gene. So... This really, like, I'm, like, really into this. So, because there's this bitch named Nora L. Corey Spencer, who, in her life, she, she, she got married. She moved into a house with her husband. She was like, we wanted to make all these reno res renovations, but they didn't have the money to do it. So, she was like, well, maybe I'll learn how to do it. So, she buys a couple tools or whatever. She learns how to do it. And she realizes she's, like, taking to it, like, really easily. Like, she just, like, was able to do it and basically, like, renovated the house herself. So she then was like, well, this is cool. And then she got a master's degree in social work. And she was like, huh, you know, what would be cool is if more women came around like to do like construction stuff, which I just think is funny that she's there with her husband. And she's like, where's all the ladies at? <laughs> so yeah, like, she, when you get the fuck up off the couch and do some shit, why am I fucking doing this? And also like, where's the ladies at? So she she gets a master's degree in social work. She then starts to combine her social work. Of course, it's to help women. And then she starts to like be like, well, how can I help them? And blah, 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 blah. So she started a nonprofit called Hope Renovations. She offers a free, t free, t 
10-week program that provides women with the skills and certifications, the actual certifications they need to find well-paying jobs in the construction trade. So the average hour, hourly uh, pay for construction industry are nearly double that of restaurants and hospitality work where most women end up going if they don't, let's say, have a higher education, so to speak. You know what I mean? Wow. So construction, act, you know, that's why there's a million construction workers. They make a lot of money. Yeah. So now if women can get into the fucking fray, they'll start to make a lot of money too. She said, my vision is that one day we won't think it's unusual for women to be working in this industry, that women will be doing this work, making these good wages and creating better lives for themselves. Especially those bulldoggers. <laughs> exactly. There's a picture of her standing there with like one of the groups of women that's taking the 10 week course. And I'm like, cargo shorts <laughs> as far as the eyes can see. Okay. And not all of them, but it's like, okay, get it going. Um, she also did say she's like, wants it to be open to like non, but I mean, she's specifically saying also like women and non-binary, which is, you know, also in, to me means also code for Dykes welcome. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know there's yeah. actual non-binary people who people identify as non-binary, but I just think that's showing a, a supportiveness and an openness, let's say, just to the LGBTQ community. So yeah. she knows yeah. that there's a lot of women like that who need She who knows need those doggers <laughs> want that job, honey. Exactly. But that's just one part of what she's doing. Did you say the city? It's in uh, North Carolina. Uh-huh. Yes. Loving it. Yes. We're loving it. We are loving it. I need to go down yeah. to do hope for fucking yes. dykes. Oh, God. Construction school or whatever. Girl, <laughs> you, you, you walked in there and said, yes, you should. They'll be like, can I, uh, do you want to use my hammer? <laughs> um, now, she did say that besides giving the women the skills and all of that stuff, a 10-week free training program. And it's like, literally, we should go there and take that and get a, ourselves a fucking skill. Yeah, we should. They're, we should have her come on the podcast. We should. Part of what they do when they after they, they get released from the program is they go make safety modifications to senior citizens' homes. So that's one of the things they're going to do when they actually have the skill. She said, our program is actually solving two problems at once. We're bringing women into this industry and we're also helping older adults age in place. It's a win-win. I mean, this is fucking, this woman's like a fucking saint. These jobs are typically smaller to mid-sized jobs and a lot of contractors don't want to take the time to do that work. That's how the full idea of Hope Renovations came to be. So far, the organization's full-time construction team, assisted by program trainees, has completed more than 130 projects. What? Most of them for seniors. Their work is done on a sliding scale. Those who can afford to pay market rate, which then enables the team to do many projects at reduced or no cost. I absolutely love this, particularly during this time when women are being assaulted from every fucking angle. Here's a woman trying to empower other women by helping them learn employable skills. So at this point, I mean, there's really only one thing to do, which is to go check out Hope Renovations and spread the word. If you know anyone in North Carolina or if you want to give money or if you want to franchise or fucking put Hope Renovations in your town, go to HopeRenovations.org. So there's that. Okay, so that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening. We love you all so much, and we're so grateful for all 14 of you. 
please consider joining our Patreon podcast if you haven't yet. Mm -hmm. It's $1 for one podcast a week, $2 for two podcasts a week. They're both an hour, and we aim to get them out by Friday (laughs) or, you know, sometime in the weekend. So you'll have all the following week to listen to them for whenever you want to listen to them. Um, There's no politics, no ads, no structure, no stress. And best of all, you will never be pressured to join the Patreon. You don't even have to hear about the Patreon on the Patreon podcast. And if nothing else, you'll be distracted from your own life thinking how annoying it is that we constantly talk over each other and how I incessantly interrupt Julie. (laughs) That isn't true. (sighs) There's a link to a free episode of our Patreon podcast in the description of this week's podcast. Or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com, and there's a button on every page that says click to listen to a free episode of our Patreon podcast. If you like it and you decide to join, you can import our Patreon podcast into whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, like Apple or whatever. Or you can listen to them on patreon.com, where you can like and comment on the episodes. And if you don't want to help us pay our bills and keep our homes, it is helpful for us to get reviews on iTunes. You don't have to write anything. You can just fucking press the star button. There's like (laughs) five hollow stars. You just tap it. Mm. Just go to to fucking Apple Podcast and fucking hit the stars. Hit one star. We don't care. It just it it adds one number when you do that. Yeah. Our boo, Dustin Aloff Electric oh, Olive. Oh shit! He went on a couple days ago and simply wrote, "This is a five star review." <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's great. And Joey Camacho, who we also love, wrote, "Join the Patreon. Absolutely hilarious. But seriously, join the Patreon." Now that's what I'm talking about, Joey. Sell, sell, sell. Yes. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly, it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Charles Booker, bitch! Charles Booker. Best friends. <laughs> How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime because when you not, he thought you were the candyman. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover I'm not much of a man By the light of day But by night I'm one hell of a lover I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania Let me show you a rhyme Maybe Play you a sign. You look black, you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat world. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual. Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night. Or maybe a bite. Night.
I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan, and he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. A sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs> 